That's right, y'all. Welcome to the Journey to Develop Her podcast. Let's go. This podcast equips you with the real estate and wealth strategies you can use to develop and enhance your skills, experience, and profits in real estate while also being healthy on the inside and the outside. You ready? We are showcasing some of the world's greatest male and female real estate developers and entrepreneurs. Now it's time to develop. Here's your host, real estate developing queen, Deontay Chantel. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Journey to Developer podcast. It's Deontay Chantel, real estate developer. And pretty much today, we're going to get deep into a topic that's very sensitive to my heart. Um, And this segment is actually going to be a part of our new installment, which is called the Develop Her Diaries. So we're deep diving into my personal life. And we have a special guest today, Miss Candice Miller, who is the president of Beauty from Ashes Foundation, Inc. How are you today? I'm wonderful, sis. How are you? I am great. Thank you. This is like my sister in real life, y'all. We met divinely over right. COVID. Um, and we connected. We bonded over the name Beauty from Ashes, my company's Beauty for Ashes. And she shared her testimony with me. It definitely pulled a heartstring because I can relate to the topic at hand. And we're going to dive into it. So today, we're going to be talking about a very delicate and sensitive subject, which is sexual assault. And April is the month of sexual assault awareness. Okay. So a lot of the information may be triggering to some of you out there that men or women that may listen to it, mainly because we, a lot of us have been affected or have been I don't want to say victimized because we are survivors, but we have been in similar predicaments. All right. And I do have some statistics here. Um, just so you know, um, I hope this screen doesn't get, hold on one second, y'all. I'm about to edit that out because <laughs> I didn't want the screen to go out. But we do have some, some statistics here. Okay. So it says one in five women have experienced completed or attempted rape or sexual assault in their lifetime, okay? Um, And when it comes to men, one in four men have also experienced completed or attempted rape for the first time in their lifetime. And it even says for guys, it's typically between the ages of 11 and 17. Um, For women, it's one in four women between the ages of 11 and 17. They may have experienced that, okay? Um, Me personally, myself, I have experienced sexual assault and a molestation. So assault more so, I would say, as a, an adult woman. And for those who know me, I'm, I'm, I'm a tall woman, okay? I'm 5'11", I'm built, but it still happened to me, okay? And as a kid, it happened to me when I was in my most vulnerable stage of my life. And I can remember as early as two years old, it happening to me. Okay. So this is very delicate. It's very sensitive because I am a mother of a daughter. Um, Candace is a mother of a daughter. And I just wanted to start out with 
the weight of this interview. Okay. Yes. And Candice, again, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, you, again, are the president of Beauty from Ashes Foundation. So tell yes. us what exactly is Beauty from Ashes Foundation, Inc.? And how did you come about the name of the foundation and what does your foundation offer? Okay, uh, so Beauty from Ashes Foundation, Inc. is a nonprofit organization that specializes in helping sexual assault victims and their support systems. And we do so through advocacy, uh, through providing wraparound services, connecting them with resources, uh, and our, our greatest deficit for the majority of the people that we assist is um, uh, housing deficit. So we are seeking to help them with emergency transitional permanent housing. Overall, our goal was to provide um, anyone who we encounter who've experienced sexual assault to fill in the gaps in all the ways that we fell through the cracks when our family was going through the process. Uh, you said who we are, what we're doing, and why um, Why I started this, as I just alluded to, is this was our way of turning our pain into purpose. Um, Deontay mentioned that I am the mother of a daughter. I'm also the mother of a couple of sons, um, one biological and a couple of bonus sons. And I'm also the mother of... Uh, several other babies that I didn't have to give birth to, but they're mine. So I am a mother in every way, shape or form. I am a mother. And when we were going through this process, and if you're a good mother, when your child is hurting, you hurt in ways that nobody can fathom. And the only way that I could think of to help them hurt, it was one, to address it, to acknowledge where we were hurting, and then to move beyond the hurt onto how can we help other people, right? Because I feel like God allows us to experience certain things is not necessarily a lesson for ourselves, but to help the people that are coming behind us, like how do we help them navigate that? And so um, I also feel like some of the things that we experience, it's a test, right? And this was not a test that I wanted to retake because I didn't pass. So, so I tried to take good notes throughout this process so that I could, one, not only pass the test, but give other people the cheat code, right? So that they didn't have to experience it the way that we did. So we took excellent notes and we did our research. We said, how can we help other people navigate through this process more quickly than we did and get on the path towards healing much more quickly than we did? Nice. Well, we just thank you for deciding to just let God use you, right? Um, to help other people that might be in bondage from the situation. It is a it is a healing journey. I noticed earlier today that I'm still on a healing journey myself. Um, and I don't know why today of all days um, that I noticed that, that something had to be, like for me to feel the way I feel, and not to say I don't love myself, I'm not saying that, but I noticed something recently where I'm not comfortable to be in my own skin. And I said, where did this begin, right? Like, where, why am I not comfortable to be in my own skin? And why am I making the choices 
when it comes to men in my life or whatever the case may be, right? And I had to go back to like my childhood, like all like what happened to me along the journey, me being um, victimized and sexualized at a young age, right? And it's just like an ongoing thing. And today of all days, right? I got the revelation, literally, when I was on my way getting my makeup done, I got the revelation, like, you're not comfortable in your skin. You're not happy in your skin. Like, yeah. and I only really noticed it when I was about to do a photo shoot. Like, I was right. like, it's like, you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're just like, uh, you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was weird. But today of all days, and me and my makeup artist had like a powwow today. I wish I would have recorded it. But as to why I don't feel comfortable in my own skin. And I think it's definitely because of how, um, you know, sexual assault or molestation affected me. And I didn't realize it affected me. But now at 34 years old, I'm like, yeah, you need to get some healing from that. Um, yeah. Even though in this I'm moment. It's a form of sexual assault, by the way. So you don't have to. You don't have to say. I'm sorry. I said molestation is a form of sexual assault. So you don't have to make a differentiation between the okay. two. Well, it is sexual assault. Right. And, you know, in, in my scenario, um, when it happened to me as a child, it was from other kids. That's the crazy part about the situation. Um, so I feel like many of you that might listen to it, you this interview, you might be like, hey, I didn't even realize, right? Um, of course, I have a story when I was actually in my 20s, was which was a little bit more vivid, which I definitely feel like, hey, I felt more victimized as an adult than I did as a kid. And that's weird. Um, but that's just my story. Everybody has a different story. But with that being said, we do honor you for creating a platform to help people like myself and others that need an outlet, that need the resources. And you also being a minister of the faith um, I think, again, God is using you. Not even I think, I know God is using you as a vessel to back it mm -hmm. up a scripture to help them on their healing journey. So, Amen. Amen. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. You said something pretty powerful just a moment ago. I'm like, Lord, yeah, I need to come piggyback on that. Oh, it'll come back. Um, I think that one of the other things that came to mind earlier is... Although some of us have made it beyond uh, the encounter, some of us are actually still victims, right? So even though we made it beyond, making it beyond doesn't necessarily make you a survivor, right? Especially if you're still trapped there, mm -hmm. if it's still holding you hostage, right? So one of the things that we do, yes, we do create a safe space. That's what I wanted to come to. We do create the safe space where people can open up and where they can talk about it. Um, and it has been an absolute blessing to hear it. Every time we open up our mouths to share, there are people who have the courage to actually approach us and say, you are the first person that I've ever told. And hearing your story gave me the courage to actually open up and say something. So we do, we do create that, that space. But um, one of the things that I'd like to focus on is helping people to navigate from that place of being a victim to walking in the authority of a survivor, right? So there's not, so that your your triggers that you you understand and recognize what your triggers are, but that 
you actually know how to handle them and get to the point where your triggers aren't actually a trigger anymore. When you get to that point where you can share your story and it not choke you up and it not set you back, you know, get into a certain level of of forgiveness, you know, because it's a process and there's levels to it. Right. Right. Not everyone is called to um, not everyone is called to actually go back and confront, you know, their violator. Not everyone has the opportunity to actually go and confront their violator. Now, for me, God made me confront um, my daughter's violator. Right. And it's crazy because when I think about going to go have the conversation with him after he was incarcerated to let him know that I have forgiven him, right? Like I'm no longer holding you hostage. I am not justifying what you did. I'm not giving you okay or saying that what you did was okay. What I'm saying is like the Lord did with the woman at the well, he offered her a forgiveness. He offered her something that she didn't deserve. And she went out to go tell the people about a man, right? Um, And so for me, that was what that process was for me. That process, my releasing him from the bondage of my heart was giving him permission to go out into the world and say, let me tell you about a woman that should not have forgiven me, a woman who was a reflection of God, who extended something to me that I did not deserve. And now I can come out here and tell people about the God that we serve, right? And um, and that's what last I heard he was preaching uh, in the prison system, you know. So making sure that the 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 inmates that get out before him that they are equipped with the Word of God and empowered, inspired not to do anything that would land them back in the same place again, you know, and not to allow the enemy to use their own hands to destroy the things that they cared about. Because wow. there are many, there are many that do. And that uh, the one time that I went there, um, there was a, a couple next to me, an older couple. And I like I, I observed the wife watching me because they had the inmates like sitting on one side and then uh, the people who came to visit them were on the opposite side. So she was sitting maybe a couple of feet away from me. Um and I, I just I felt her watching me sometimes, you know? And so after the visit was over, they had all the inmates get up and walk away. And she leaned over to me and she just started speaking like the word over me. Interestingly, she didn't profess to actually be a Christian. Wow. Right. But she was said there was something about the encounter or something about the grace that I extended. It was inspiring to her. And then she proceeded to tell me that she was there visiting her husband of uh, decades. Um who was in prison for raping her granddaughters. Jesus. I said, what? You know, and going to visit him is something that she does on a, on a regular basis. Wow. You know, so um, it, it's been an interesting journey to share our story. It's been, God has brought many people to us. Um that we've been able to like where our story just inspired them to actually begin their journey toward healing. Um, right. And it is, it is a blessing to be able to be in that position. It is not easy, you know, when you carry such a heavy mantle, right. Um, 
but it has been an absolute blessing to be able to do that. And it's like, all right, God, I need you. I need you right now. I need you to hold me up. And I trust you. I trust that the reason why you're allowing me to expose myself right now to become naked in front of everyone and share our story is because someone who's in this audience right now or someone who's listening to this podcast right now, they need to hear this. So I'm going to open up myself and I'm going to share. I'm going to share openly. I'm going to share boldly what this is, what this journey has been like for us. I can tell you that for my daughter at 16, she didn't want to be here anymore. That's when I found out. That's when it was exposed. She did not want to be here anymore. Wow. At 23, she is a college graduate, a Spelman graduate. Graduated with honors in May of last year. And she is now the VP of this foundation that we're talking about right now. And when she walked across the stage, I teared up, I bawled. She was the confirmation of the vision. Right. Right. It's like, Lord, you gave me something. You gave me something that works. And she is a living proof. You know, it's like mm. she was able to walk through and navigate through that darkness of that period. But the love, the encouragement, my diligence, her diligence, and being focused on what it is that God has for her. It's like, because I know that wasn't it. That wasn't designed to take me. It was designed to take you up by the right. enemy. What the enemy meant for evil, God is absolutely going to turn around for our good if we allow him to, right? If we stay focused on him and the things that he's called us to do. And so seeing her walk across that stage and I was like, yeah. Yeah, we got it. And she hadn't even accepted, she hadn't even accepted her position as VP as yet. The only thing uh, she was willing to um, accept at the time, I think she was like the social media marketers, something, you know, but she was willing. At that point, she was willing to associate. She was she would do work behind the scenes, but she wasn't willing to accept the title or to put it on her resume or any of that stuff. Um, but her story actually opened up many doors for her. Her story actually, uh, she used her story in her college applications, you know, mm. her story uh, in several different ways that opened doors for her and created spaces and opportunities for other people to be able to share. You know, right? Yeah, it's been it's been a crazy, a crazy journey, but it's been phenomenal. Yeah. Well, I'm just well. Even when I saw you post her on social media, I was I was happy to see it. So I love to see that, like you said, what what the enemy tried to steal her virtue, whatever he was attacking her after her purpose, right? God turned it around for his good. And he's continuing to do that. And this is just like the beginning of your foundation, her story. She's in her early 20s. So I'm really excited to see what's going to come in the near future out of this. The lives the two of you are, are going to impact. Um, and what I will say is, it seems like your daughter is healed or she's healing still. I don't know where in she process. is. In the process, yeah. What are some tips you can give for those, who, even like myself, um, even though I'm, I don't know how negatively I'm affected, but I see the, the residue in different parts of my life, right? But there may be someone out there that's 
highly negatively affected by the sexual assault that has happened in their life. What are some um, tips you have for their healing journey? First and foremost, um, acknowledging that we've experienced something um, Uh is probably going to be key to any of our success in our journey towards healing because we can't keep hiding it or sweeping it under the rug or acting like it never happened because it's little things are going to, like you said, the residue is going to eventually build up so much so that it builds up. You know what I mean? That it, it, it begins to create a problem for you. And what I would strongly suggest is once you have acknowledged the fact that this has happened to you, I'm going to tell you, it's time to go ahead and find your therapist <laughs> and find the one that you trust. Find the one that makes communicating so easy. Find the one where it's like, oh my God, I can't wait to see her. I can't wait to talk to him. I can't, you know, like, oh, I discovered this, you know, and that would be the number one piece of advice that I would give you. You need to be attached to someone that is going to create a safe space for you to be able to communicate and get these things that you have suppressed inside that you that you give yourself more breathing room, right? Because these things, like, it controls, like, I, I manage PTSD, right? I'm not going to say my PTSD. I, I manage PTSD, right? So I've been diagnosed with PTSD. And I recognize when I'm triggered. And when I am triggered, I know what I need to do in order to make sure that I'm okay. And sometimes that, for me, looks like that just hurt. Today's not a good day. Right. I'm not okay right now. But I will be. I need to take this breather. Right. I need to make mm-hmm. this appointment. And even if I can't get my therapist right then, who is in my corner? Who are my prayer warriors? Who are the people that I can call and say, I don't care if our code is some symbols in a text message. If that's my code red, they know they're on their hands and knees or they're picking up the phone. Like, where are you? You know, so my number one advice is you you have to, the first step to me is acknowledge what you've gone through. You've got to acknowledge it. My second piece of advice is get a support system and begin therapy. A safe space. You need the safe space. I agree you know, a thousand. It's hard to, to just sit in it. You know, we should not. We should not just sit in it. Once we re- yeah. recognize that there's a problem, we need to do something to remediate it. I agree. And I feel like as it pertains to myself, um, it's something that I started unpacking during COVID when I actually started this podcast. I just I went I went through some type of sexual purity coaching class, and what we talked about was sex and our relationships, <laughs> sex and you know, and somehow I realized in that moment you were victimized, and then it became a whole nother rabbit hole, and I was like, whoa, didn't I mean I'm talking about from a kid the 20s I knew what that was, but the kid part, yeah. it's like wow, like I was victimized, right? Um, yeah. 
And I haven't been the therapist. I, I need a therapist. If you have one, recommend one, a Christian one. Okay. Um, I haven't been a therapist. But today, I literally was like, I don't, I'm not comfortable in my own skin. And, yeah. and it me today. So, God, and this is how God works sometimes. We'll get revelation when we need it. Um, so, healing, I agree with you on the therapy. You definitely need a prayer system. Uh, like people that's going to back you in prayer. I have a few. The last couple of weeks haven't been so easy for me. And it, it wasn't regarding this. It was regarding other stuff. Um, but it's all re- it's all relative. Now, what I've been dealing with is my daughter, right? Um, and I'm not saying that's the issue, but it's all relative. Even down to the how I even chose her daddy. It's all <laughs> It's all relative. It all yep. has a change. I'm just like, Lord, give me the grace and the mercy. Um, But with that being said, you know, how as a minister, um, and I'm not going to ask you to quote scripture here because I only got the scripture myself, but how how do you recommend, like, let's say somebody come, I refer someone to you, I even come to you like, hey, Candice, I need your services. How are we using like the word of God to help people be healed in this scenario? Honestly, I feel like it depends on what 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 their perspective is on Christianity at the time, right? Okay. Um, if they are already saved, when we're talking about healing, there are definitely many passages that talks about healing. It talks about those who have been downtrodden, those who have been abused, um, because this is not new. There's nothing new under the sun is what the word says. Right. So there are tips and there are advice on how to navigate through. Um, I wish we, you would have told me that in advance because I do have like a whole list of scriptures uh, that matter of fact, when when we finish, we can add it in post, post edit, we can pop the resource in there. So yes, y'all just wait. Wait It's going to be right here. Okay. The link to it right there. This is, and this is another reason why I'm asking you this, because I feel like for our area throughout the the nation, you providing these resources is very important from a biblical and Christian perspective, because a lot of what we see on the internet is, you know, some other stuff. But for Christians, we want to be able to go to our own and say, hey, what is God saying about this? How is God going to be able to help me directly? What if I can't get to nobody to pray for me and I need to just need to be me and God like we're in the scripture you know that I yeah. can go to and um get my breakthrough so I love that you you are going to provide a resource where people can just click or and they can stay connected with you in that area and behind the scenes we started talking about um you, give me one second because I want to I want to address something for you for you just really quick mm-hmm. well I mean ask me that but I I'm pulling up something for you if you just give me two seconds um, to um, I'm not a preacher I'm a speaker he presented okay. me with the opportunity to actually deliver my first sermon um, since having my husband incarcerated for raping my daughter um, and in that sermon oh lord why are you not letting me come up for me real quick um in that sermon, I do offer resources for or scriptures, specific scriptures for those who have been um, 
There we go. All right. Uh, the title of the sermon was "The Ashes of Rape." Right. As beautiful as ashes is is my is my mission. Lord, what am I supposed to do with this? And so I I did go back to Deuteronomy 22. 23 to 29, which outlets the three different types of sexual immoral scenarios, adultery, rape, and seduction. Hmm. And I do offer, um, you know, just biblical support on what God says about rape, because there are a lot of people who are running from God and running from the church because they've been hurt or violated and experience, they've experienced certain traumas. And they feel like, how could, how can you serve a God that would allow this? How can you, um, how do you believe, you know, in someone who would let this happen to me, right? And and my rebuttal for that is, it's not that he allowed it to happen, right? He's given us free will, first of all. We did this and there are consequences to our actions, right? But he, he there are many passages where he is saying the penalty for this is actually death. Yeah. Every time that it has occurred in the Bible, the victims were actually avenged in ways that we can't necessarily condone right now. Right. But he did. He did. Right. He did not in any way, shape or form permit, allow them to do what they did. He was not okay with it. And he says it in so many different ways. Um, so, so it says uh, adultery, the, comp the, the consequence is capital punishment for both parties, right? Rape is capital punishment for the violator. And for seduction, if the woman wasn't pledged to be married, the man was to pay a fine to the father and be obliged to marry her unless the father refused. So there are like specific, and, and that is outlined in Deuteronomy 22 again. So if if we really search the word for what this is, it really is there, right? Mm -hmm. And so what does God say to the abuse? There are passages, um, God says that he hates abuse and wants it to end. That's in Genesis 6, uh, verse 13. It's also in Matthew 8, verse 6, Psalms 11, verse 5. God loves the abuse. He was abused. Luke 4, 18, Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. You know, and so there, girl, the Bible is the basic instruction before leaving earth. It really is that. How do we navigate this? How do we navigate that? And for those who may not necessarily be as fluid with thumbing through the pages of the Bible, he did give us this a brilliant resource that we all have access to. It's called Google. Uh, <laughs> where you can Google, what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about that? What scripture speaks to this scenario? So right. it, it really is there. It really is there. I do have a, a, a crap load of other passages that I can share. So from as a from a, a ministerial standpoint, I'm going to tell you, I I think there needs to be a fusion. There yeah. needs to be a fusion between the clinical therapy piece and a strong dose of the word of God from a, a, a Christian perspective, because the word does also say that we should seek wise counsel. Yeah. Agreed. But, so um, I'm definitely an advocate. I believe that they were 
you know, to be married a long time ago, you know, <laughs> you know, Jesus in therapy. That's what I need. Throwing a little right. coffee in and then, you know, I'm good. Um, but yeah. So what I've, what I've gathered and learned through my ministry, through my church, because my pastor, my female pastor, she was in the mental health space. So she's able to see the clinical side of things. And, but because she's a prophet, she could also see the spiritual side of things. Yeah. And she opened up my eyes and not in this particular subject per se, mm -hmm. um, but she did talk about it. Cause she talked about how she talked about curses. You said curses? Curses. So she okay. talked about anything that happens more than once is a curse. So it happening to, you know, let's say it happened to my mother, which I think my mother told me it didn't happen to her. And then it happened to me. That was a curse. And it's a spirit behind it. And that spirit, unfortunately, God forbid, can try to go after my daughter, right? So she's been teaching about going into the spirit and canceling any curses, right? But we have to acknowledge that it's a curse. And for a long time, I didn't know until like last year that this is a curse yeah. that I didn't know existed. I didn't even know that was on my bloodline. And God knows what my grandmother been through. I don't even know because she's not here anymore to tell me. Um, so looking at it and also once I realized like, you know, how God loves me, my purpose. I'm like, wow, the enemy decided to attack me from the age of two. He decided to try to embark me with perversion from the age of two. Wow. Right. I'm like, the devil is a liar. Okay. So, and I mean that in all seriousness, like you were attacking me. I must have so much purpose and greatness on the inside. So you thought that was going to take me out. And it's been other attacks outside of that, but still like you, you started from the tender age of two. Um, and, and I do hear a lot of people try to say, Hey, well, why would God let this happen? Mm -hmm. Why would God let that happen? And I'm like, that is not God. That is not of God. Like, right. like people have to realize that they think they know God and they don't know God. That's what it comes down to. You right. know of God, you don't know. Yeah, but I mean, that's also the way the world kind of perceives, you know, God. They have like this way that they want to, you know, put God in a box. And it's not like that. You know what I mean? There are a lot of things to take into consideration when you consider all the things that were done. I think one of the most significant things about what I said just a moment ago was Jesus himself was a victim. Uh -huh. Yeah, he, he he was the main victim, the main. Jesus himself victim. was a victim. So he uh -huh. has a heart for the victims. Yep. You and think, what I love I'm, about I'm the type of person that's going to write a scenario where I get destroyed. Where, you know what I'm saying? Where I get beaten for other people. Right. It used to suck. My my my. I'm the second oldest of ten kids. Oh wow! And it's funny because my oldest sister always says I should have been the oldest because when the younger ones got in trouble, it's like I got beat for it. I'm like, how that makes sense? How like how did how does that? Make? You're the oldest. You're the most responsible. You should have made sure they didn't do. Uh huh. I don't think right. I like. It. I don't think I. And when we love, what I personally love about the story of Jesus mm -hmm. is that he got up. He rose again, right? The story mm -hmm. of getting down and getting up, even with your daughter, her going through that and getting up and, you know, God taking her ashes and turning it into beauty. It's like, 
she didn't have to stay there. She didn't have to remain an, as an ash, yeah. right? And right. I know a lot of and people. So, with, with, with that scenario, right? So I believe the passage is Isaiah, it's either Isaiah 51 or Isaiah 61. 61 um, and 3, you know that's, that's 61. Listen, listen, listen. Yep, yep, because that's the what your foundation was founded on. Yeah, my my development company, my real estate development company is Beauty for Ashes. Yes. And it's from the scripture. Yep. <laughs> yes. So God did not offer me an exchange. He didn't offer me an exchange. While our lives were still smoldering, he told me to create something beautiful from within the ashes. That's why it's right. beauty from ashes. Mm -hmm. So even my my logo. <laughs> oh no, I'm corny. It's all right. Even my logo. So if you guys can see my logo, it is my hand coming out of the ashes. Out of the ashes. Like even down to my little beauty mark that's on the side. Like you can actually see it in here. And from my hand, there's a lotus that is actually growing from my palm. Even the lotus is significant to me because it is a flower that can grow in any terrain. Right, which speaks to the the strength of the flower, and the colors right. like bloom so vibrant, and that is it, it represents the purity. So even in the mist and the muck and all of this stuff, the 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 vibrancy of it because it was designed for it was made for that it was built for that, right? And so even down to the the stem of the lotus, it's my veins because God said, I'm gonna give life to the beauty, even from within. He didn't even allow us to come out of it before he was already dropping the nuggets on what to do with beauty from ashes. How are we going to help other people? And we were coming up with this while we were in the midst of going through what we were going through. We go do these you know, interviews, trying to apply for resources and it would not turn out the way that it was supposed to be. And it was like, okay, that sucked. I don't like that. I will not ever let you experience that again. What are we going to do about that moving forward? Something has to be done about it. Girl, I used to rip these people to shreds. Well, if you ain't going to help me anyway, I might as well go tell you what you did wrong. But it's like, so, but what are we going to do about it? Because right. the resource is needed. What are we going to do about it? God allow it to come to us through us for a reason. What are we going to do about it? So for him to expose all the different cracks, that is how we came up with the mission for our, our mission statement, for our plan on what we're going to do to help the people. We're going to help them. We're going to start with where it hurt us. Right. We're going to fill in those gaps. So, yeah, God didn't offer me an exchange. He told me to get it popping while we were in it. He told right, me to right. make it while we were in it. And that's yeah. what I did. That's what I, I vowed to do. And my daughter, even though we were going through this, she didn't, like as a young adult, when she went out on her own, like I used to fight with her about certain things, especially like, don't you go out of here with no bonnet on your head. Don't you go out here with no sweatpants. No, you know, we don't look like what we've been through. That's not how we do things. Right. right. And so for a little minute, she rebelled just a little. But when she left my house, when I saw the way she conducted herself as a young lady, you know what I mean? And it was like, oh, you heard me. Right. You know, and yeah. I remember her, her freshman year, she shared with me. Um, there was a time where she had to take her mask off, right? Uh, the beauty, because someone someone got it twisted and it felt like, oh, you know, you have it this type of way, you know, like almost to like try to shame her because things looked so well for her. Uh, and so she said, let me expose this for you real quick. Let me tell you about right. my situation. Let me tell you about my life and don't judge me. 
Right. And let me encourage you because I can see what you're going through. And I need you to do it better. Because if, if you knew my mom, <laughs> if you had my mom, this would not be an option. So she's not here, but I'm here. What she poured into me, I'm going to pour into you. And you're going to get up. You're going to get it together. And then right. she put her mask back on and be like, okay, so now let's keep it cute. <laughs> That's her thing right now. She's like, keep it cute. And she always telling me, keep it cute, Tanya. So my my name when she when I'm getting on her nerves is Tanya. I would say like we're we're all put here for a reason. Yeah. One of the other things that I really challenge the people that we work with is discover why did God choose you to survive? Why are you still here? Because this took out a lot of people. It did. There are a lot of people that are still, you know what I'm saying? They can't. They're stuck. They're trapped right there and they don't know how to navigate their way out of it or in somebody's mental institution or whatever and no idea when they're going to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but God allowed some of us who got allowed to withstand that, right? And still have a piece of our mind. What are we going to yeah. do with it? What is it that he needed to come through your hands, through your life, through what you're going to say, what you're going to speak, where you're going to walk, where your feet trod? What, why? Why are you still here? Right. Why are you still here? And that's one of my main focuses is what, what, what are you doing with your ashes? Right. Exactly. What are you building? What are you developing? How are you exactly. impacting? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, and it's um, conversations like this that are going to break so many strongholds off of people. Yeah. Because they feel like I got to just lay in these ashes. I got to smear it on my face. How are you beautifying yourself? How are you turning it? Well, I like to see the opposite of it, right? So I, I would like to turn it around. I would like to, you know, give God the glory through whatever I've been through. However, like you said, there's some people that really lost their mind out here because yeah. they have been victimized, right? Um, yeah. And... Or they committed suicide. Or they committed suicide. And it's like, I, I like, what I love about this story is that through it all, you found a way to still forgive. Not for him, because he, he deserved to be where he at. It, it was both. It was both. Remember was when both? I spoke about the woman at the well? It was both. Because I had forgiven him long before I actually went to go tell him. Right. But you I see, but forgiven him before that. So right. for me, the, I was free. Right. It, it, but that's the thing. That's what I was getting at. Like, yeah. we harbor bitterness, thinking it's hurting the other person. Even though they deserve all of the punishment. They deserve all of it. However, and then so. And then so, okay. <laughs> and then so. God is still working on me and my forgiveness. All I can say is I've learned how to forgive aggressively. Just because I, like I would say, like, as soon as somebody do wrong by me, I'm, I'm God, I forgive them. I'm, I'm aggressively forgiving them now, not for nothing, because I'm still dealing with people that, you know, in this case, you could forgive him and you don't never have to see him again. I'm forgiving people that I still got to deal with every day until my daughter turned 18. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> I'm, so I'm always. Some people you know, keep re-injuring, like I forgave them and they right. do something else. Right. You know, some other family members too. So it's like a trigger 
But I always have to continue to forgive that person and not cuss them out or, you know, go back into my old ways. But it's not even for them. It's for me. Like, I need God. Just like just like I'm aggressively forgiving them, I need God to aggressively forgive me too. And the Bible does say, what does the Bible say? Um, forgive those who trespass against us, right? Yes. Yes. Right? And, and so he can forgive us, right? So... Right. It's not that I'm doing it just so God can forgive me, but just like God, I mean, I sin every day. I'm trying not to be a sinner, but it's human nature. We try to progress, honey. Yeah. All about progress. It's not like I'm out here killing people. No, it's not like I'm that. Like, did I cuss today? <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> I, I, I haven't cussed in a while. It's been a, been a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, seriously, the unforgiveness turns into bitterness. The unforgiveness or even being offended by people, for me anyway, I can't speak for everybody. Yeah. I'd be tight, like my chest be hurting, like I'm pent up aggression, my, my heart rate is going up, I got high blood pressure, or because I didn't want to forgive somebody. Not to yeah. say this scenario is an easy thing to forgive. No, it's not. I'm not saying that. Um, but we just now, have to I just, I, in forgiveness, we are not giving permission. No, we're not or saying what they did was okay. We're not per giving permission to do it again. We're not saying, we're not dismissing what they did, not at all. So if anyone is hearing this and you hear her saying, forgive, forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. Forgiveness does not mean those things. Forgiveness is you are just no longer holding them hostage in your heart and you are freeing them to go do what God has called them to do. They're no longer your issue. You're no longer on the clock to, to monitor, to keep them under lock and key, not your job. You let them go, you let God have them, and, and you're done. You are done. Right. What they do with that forgiveness, if they are like the woman at the well, and they can run out here and tell people about a man or telling people about a woman that forgave, tell people about a man that forgave, tell people about a young girl that forgave, tell them, you know, about a young boy that forgave, whomever it is that they hurt and they extended this forgiveness to them, baby, That's that can it. be powerful in and of itself. Now, if they take advantage of that, then that is on them and they are sealing their deal. They are sealing their, their ticket at the at a table in, in hell. <laughs> that, that's all I can tell you because you can't, we can't continue to hold people hostage. Now, some people don't have the opportunity to forgive. The person might be gone. The person right. might be dead. They may not be here anymore. Whatever act it is that they need to actually actively get that off their chest, if it's write them a letter and 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 read it, if it's right, you know what I'm saying? Like go to the to their grave and you read this letter aloud and say, I, I release you. I forgive you. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. <laughs> that, listen. Hi. Hi, Vivi. Hi. Hi, beautiful. Your twin. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Literally <laughs> twinning. <laughs> My crazy girl. Twinning. Um. Yes. Yeah. Forget. Yeah, so yeah, we're not right. And we're not giving permission for them to buy yeah. again. Not right, at all. No. no coming back in your life. I don't care what they did. No, we're not saying that. We're just saying so you get that heaviness off of you you know you you gave it to god i forgive them i forgive you that's it because i think a lot of people get confused with that 
that they got to take the person back. They got, no, no, no. I don't care what they did. No, no, and no. But to get that heaviness off, because um, I've, you know, they say, you know, I'm not a th theologian yet. When we don't forgive people, we can go straight to hell too. So I mean, go on and go there today. But bottom line is just forgive the person. And if it hurts to forgive them, just ask God for the grace to forgive them. Literally. Ask God, show me how to forgive this person. Oh, honey, show me it how to hurts. Yeah, it hurts. It does. It's not it easy. Hurts. Trust me, it's not it hurts. easy. When I when I'm telling you, when I pulled up to that prison, I had a whole anxiety attack in that parking lot. I bet. Mm -mm. Seeing the barbed wire, seeing the, I had a, a whole anxiety attack, and that's not something that I actually deal with. Anxiety attacks are not something that I actually deal with in that car. The hyperventilating, the, you know, are you serious? Like, this is what you're calling me to do. You want me to go in here and you want me to, we had it out in this parking lot for a second. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, but with you, God, yeah, I'm able to do all things. Yep. With you, and you better not leave my side. You better stay right here since you're gonna make me do it. You better not. <laughs> I can't go if you're not coming with me. Yep. And, that's, and that's even the rest, like I, I felt like, oh gosh, who, who's the who's the character in the Bible where um, uh, he wrestled with God and he still ended up with the with the with the hip ailment. Ooh, I'm about to say, wasn't that um. I should know. It's either Moses or no, is it Moses? No, not, not, not is it Joshua? Lord Jesus. Anyway. Don't be like, what kind of gonna get me together. I should know who this person is too. Y'all gonna get me together. So anyway. Okay, so we're 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 doing the research. We're gonna post that scripture. Don't y'all judge me again. I'm telling y'all, don't y'all judge me. This is gonna be um, it's gonna be edited so out. There, that particular passage is talks about a gentleman is he is wrestling with God. He is mm -hmm. wrestling God. And he was like, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not, I will not. When, uh, when a man told that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. It's Jacob. Yeah. He wrestled with him. And what passage is that? Genesis what? You said Genesis? 32, 25. Genesis 32, 25. Yes. Okay. Y'all better get to reading Genesis. Especially Genesis. I'm going to tell y'all. Genesis. Okay. More entertaining than any reality show on TV. That's all I gotta say. Listen, first of all, the entire Bible, honey, you want ratchet? Oh, yeah. Open the Bible. Hold on. Yeah. What happened? Oh, hold on. I see what happened. I can still hear you. Hold on. It's my headphones. Okay. Why the heck did it connect? Hold on. Okay. I can't hear you. No. Not yet. Not yet. Nope. That's because the enemy mad. He mad. Can you hear me? You can still hear me? Okay. I can't hear you though. No. Because I, I heard a click. Got, and then I got muted. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm like, uh uh. <laughs> this one, no, that's when the church goes to start clapping. 
Right. <laughs> I touched the AirPods. Literally, the AirPods are so sensitive. So I touched them and yeah. then it connected to the AirPods. But anyway. Yeah. So y'all go read the Bible. Go read Genesis. Listen, I'm trying to tell you. Everything you want is in the Bible. You want a love story? It's in the Bible. You want a thriller? It's in the Bible. You want sex scandal? It's in the Bible. Especially in Genesis, this is just this is a lot going on. Okay. No, I'm telling you, I'm telling you all over Genesis to Revelation. Oh yeah, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Honey, Mm -hmm. even when I think about, I I say where we're living right now is like a modern day Sodom and Gomorrah, right? So even when, um, honey. I don't know your platform, so like, let me just Lord, me now in case you it, because whatever you into, what's in the Bible? <laughs> it's, a lot. it's a lot, but um, no, like I, I feel like this. We we were supposed to do this like two years ago. This podcast, we were, we were. We might have a part to do it, um, because this is a this is a ongoing journey. It is. So for you and your daughter, so what we think we might be healed from now, it might be triggered, God forbid, next week, right? And then we find a new way to deal with the situation. So speaking of that, were you about to say something? Nope, go ahead. Speaking of that, with new triggers to old situations. So my violator, my childhood violator, recently passed uh-huh. and he's a relative and that's hard right it's hard uh-huh. because some of our family doesn't know what he's done and it's hard because several of our family members know what he's done because I wasn't the only one right um I'm with him being a relative in his immediate family. Although they, some of them were violated by him, it's still their immediate family, right? So there's still um, a love for him as a person, as a man, separate from what he may have done to hurt you, right? Right. So there, you know, it, it is true that some hurt people hurt people. Um. And for the past two years, I, I, I saw him again two years ago at his father's funeral, was my uncle. Saw him again mm-hmm. two years ago. And that was my first time seeing him since I was a teenager. Mm. And it took my breath away a little bit. Didn't expect it. But, I mean, I ate it. I was a big girl. I ate it. But outside of the funeral, he said something very inappropriate to me. And he looked at me very inappropriately. And I'm not a little girl anymore. I'm an army veteran. I'm a train fighter. I'm a sharpshooter. I'm a mother who has gone through the process of doing what's necessary to, to protect my child. And so for him to say these things to me, and I know he doesn't know me as an adult, but I'm like, I'm not that little girl anymore. And it's not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. Right. You know? And I was angry. I handled myself very well in addressing what he said to me at that moment. 
and I, I, I handled it very firmly. I handled it immediately. But when I walked away, the way my even my hands were trembling, and like I, I saved face, I handled myself, I carried myself with poise, and it was all I could do until I got into the car with one of my cousins. And when I got into the car, when I first came to the car, I'm smiling, but I also locked eyes with her, right? And so when I sat down and she saw my hands and she was like, what is wrong with you? And I said, girl, do you know what? You know what I'm saying? What did you say to me? She was like, what? And so in my frustration, and she was like, wait, it happened to you too? Mm. What do you mean? It happened to you too. So we're talking about this, having a whole conversation while we're getting ready to go to another location, whatever. And we were meeting up with another cousin. And so we're talking about this. And, he, and she said, it happened to y'all too? Jesus. Uh -uh -uh. To have so many of us saying me too with the same person. You know what I'm saying? Like dating from like when they were kids, like how you were saying when you were younger, you were violated by a kid was the same thing for him. You know what I'm saying? And like right. for my old, they're my older cousins. Right. So they, you know? right. You were younger than them when, when they were violated. So he just been. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like when, when, when he got them, he was younger. Let's say if he was in middle school when he got them and they were the same age, he was in high school mm. when he got me and my sister and another cousin. And another cousin all together. He was in high school. We were in elementary. Hmm. You know? And so I, I have been struggling with that. I've been really been struggling with it because I do love my cousin. And I hate what he went through. Because if I'm not mistaken, he was violated also. Which probably sparked that whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like the early exposure. Mm-hmm. But I'm so angry with him for doing what he did. And I'm even more angrier with myself for not speaking up when I was a kid because I didn't speak up. And then later I found out that um, he brutally violated um, one of his nieces. Uh, and I, I felt so responsible for that. You know, like if I had the courage. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe that would have been uh, another motivating factor. Maybe there would have been a different response. Um, right. and, and it hurt. And then after his passing, then I was like, Candace, you were so hell bent on being angry and separating yourself. But God's called you to a totally different space. I'm like, I wish I would have asked him. Huh. I wish I would have asked him why. Uh. I wish I would have asked him or confirmed, you know, like, did it happen to you? And if so, what, what, what area did it break? And when you went from one cousin to the next cousin to the next cousin to the next cousin, like, why did you do it? Were you crying out for help? Right. You know, like all these questions hit me like a ton of bricks. Right. The day that he passed and I was like, 
damn, I dropped the ball. But don't, you know? don't, don't condemn yourself. Forgive yourself. Yeah. I, I mean, it's done. It is done. But it's like, I, I am, I'm in a different, I'm in a different place. And I feel like had I not, if I could have just gotten to that place where I could speak to him, there may be so many more people that I could have helped with his information, with his yeah. feet as a violator. You know what I'm saying? And as someone who was violated, what made right. him continue? You know? Because one right. of the things that he say about uh, when my husband was incarcerated and they first started, you know, speaking to him about what he did. When I tell you he signed like a canary, mm. he spit out he told the truth and and the detectives um honestly they respected him so much for it the and 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 the way that they described the way that he spoke it was almost like it was a a, a sigh of relief and he was like i've been waiting to mm. like get this off get this out you know he gave them detail that Tara did not remember until later on Right. And so when I called them back, like, listen, my baby had a new recollection. I'd like to make sure that this is included in in our report. And he was like, uh -huh. he told me the detective was like, Mom, it's already in there. He wow. told us that. He told us that already. Uh. You know? And it's like he he gave them everything. You know, and I think that 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 maybe that was one of the things that made it a little easier for me to forgive. He apologized. Um, and, you know, and one of the things that he said in court was um, that my daughter saved him twice. She saved mm -hmm. him once from the burning fire, which is uh, our, our home got burned down right after the mm -hmm. escalated rape. Our home got burned down. And my baby was the one who discovered the fire in the basement and woke us uh. up. We all got out. And he said, and she saved me once. No, she, she saved me once from a burning fire. And she saved me from a burning hell by having the courage to say something. Jesus. Woo. You know? And so... Wow those being some of the last words that he said. And I was like, you acknowledge who my baby is. And who, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and the power of her life. She and her story will save lives. Yeah. It definitely will. You know, so yeah, I, I, I've been trying to process that. I'm telling you, I was really upset with myself for 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 a minute. I, I beat myself up as a Christian. Like, how could I not care? How could I not be sad? How could I not, um, you know, because part of me was actually kind of relieved because then I don't have to be worried about any of the younger family members that he's in close proximity to, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's a changed man, but what he said to me two years ago didn't give me confidence that he is, you know? Mm. And so, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a challenge. So I brought that up to say sometimes 
some of our old situations, new things in life can can possibly come up as a trigger. Allow yourself to feel it. Yeah. Process it. You know what I mean? Deal with it. We we have to deal with it. And so for me, my takeaway was I wish I would have come to that revelation a little sooner. Wish I could have extended forgiveness to him and had the conversation. You know? And it's like I got distracted in my feelings. I want to make sure that I'm being effective in the things that I'm doing. And I'm like, that could have been key or ticket to, you know, that 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 key that would have unlocked another door for someone else who might be struggling with violating people, you know, who who might be toying with the idea of doing it. It's like what what happened? Right. So yeah. yeah. So that that's a new trigger that a recent trigger actually. That was something that I've been holding onto for a moment and having this conversation right now was so key for me because even more revelation came for me through having this conversation. So I appreciate you for for this space, for this opportunity to come and talk and to work through some of uh some of these challenges, girl, that we're dealing with outside, that we're dealing with. Like I'm stirred over here. This is heavy. Um let's end in prayer. Let's end in prayer. We just Father God, whoever's listening to this, even both of us ladies that are talking to each other, Candace and myself, Father, may you fill us with your peace, with your love. May we be healed in all the areas of our heart, Lord. And may we just find it in our hearts to forgive ourselves for anything that we feel like we have done to add more hurt to others. And we it's not our fault at all. That person was going to do what they was going to do no matter what. Um, but let us just forgive ourselves aggressively as we forgive the others that have victimized us aggressively. And we just let your love, may the love of God shine through us. Continue to teach us to love others. Continue to give us the boldness and the capacity to spread this mes- message, excuse me, Lord, to those who need to hear it. We pray that this episode impact anyone that has been trapped in their own silence who has not come out and told anyone, I don't care how old they are, they'd be 80 years old. And they felt like they had to go to the grave with this or be bottled up with this this heaviness. So we just ask that this is a release for someone, that the, the burden is lifted off of them. We ask that they feel your love and your peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Do you want to add anything? Amen. Yes, actually. Um per the advice of my sister over here for anyone who is watching this who may actually be triggered who this may have opened up a wound for you i do want to let you know that beautiful matches foundation incorporated is here and we are a safe space uh you can get connected with us on um i'm probably more active on social media on on ig so if you follow our page or dm me um on bfa underscore foundation underscore inc Uh, Even if you aren't in my area, I will try to do my part to help you get connected with resources in your area um, with someone who you can uh, speak about what it is that you just uh, stirred up, you know, some of your ashes that have just been um, uncovered. So 
please, please do get help. One, I hope that you are encouraged to know that you are not alone um, and that you are able, that there is a reason why you are still here. But please do connect and get connected to a resource so that you can properly, thoroughly um, navigate through some of these things that you are experiencing. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm going to say. Oh, thank you, sis. Thank you. Yes, please, please do. <laughs> yes, please, please do get connected with us. Um, and I will do uh, my best to try to get you connected with resources in your area if you are unaware of any and, and uh, you don't know how to get connected with anybody. So I will do my best to try to help you. Um, and if you do know of a resource already and didn't realize until this moment that you need it, you got to tap in. My sister, my brother, you got to tap in. Tap yes. in and get this get this healing because it is an absolute blessing. Once you can navigate through healing in one area, God will help you on how to navigate through through the next area of your life. So I love you guys. God bless you. Deontay, you thank too. you so much for the opportunity. Yes. I forgot to ask this one thing. Um, what are some ways, and I'm probably, yeah, this is just going to be at the end of it. Okay. How did and I don't even know if this is preventative, to be honest, because people are just crazy on here. Okay. Um, what are some things like parents should be looking out for to to help alleviate, not not to say it's a parent's fault, but some triggers, some things that they can look out for that the kids might be victimized and they don't know. Like, what are some things you think parents? You know, look out for? Well, just like with, with any trauma, right? Sometimes, sometimes there are telltale signs, right? If there's a change in behavior, change in attitude, mood swings, um, um, you know, a change in what their interests are, where they may have, you know, been like a, a social butterfly and now they're introverted. So, you know, there are a lot of things that could be triggers or indicators that you need to have a conversation with your loved one. Hey, what's going on with you? And honestly, at the end of the day, asking the straight up question. It may not be an easy question to, to ask or an easy topic to address. Please make sure the lines of communication are open with you and your loved ones. Um, that That is probably the, the greatest thing that I can say to you. What I'll tell you is for, for my family in particular, right? Some of those mood swings, some of those changes, some of those things I dismissed as her being a moody teenager because at the same time, that this was going on with her, she was actually transitioning, you know? <laughs> she was, you know, in the process of becoming, you know, a young lady and all of this, and these mood swings that are natural, normal things at that time, coupled with what she was actually experiencing. You know, one minute she's my best friend, and the next minute she's mad and in her hours for hours because we stepped on her shoestring. Right. <laughs> so I would just say, ask the question. I, I always made blanket statements and I don't feel like I ever specifically asked the question, have you ever been sexually yeah. violated? Have you ever been molested? Have you ever been? I felt like the lines of communication were so open that if something did happen, I'd be the first one that they'd come to town. And in yeah. my specific scenario, she was afraid to tell because she feared that our family would be destroyed. And in mm. the end, that's ultimately what happened. And she was like, that was my fear. So she didn't tell me, not because she didn't feel like she couldn't. 
she was trying to protect me. And while I love her and commend her, and I know that that was the way that I raised her, I feel like having more, even more open conversations with her, we could have figured out uh, a way to navigate around certain things without it having to, before it got to the level that it did, right? right. So that we could, so we protected. So if the inevitable was that our family would be separated, Let's let's just get it done in the in the best way possible. Um, yeah, so I would say just keep the lines of communication open when when the time is right. And if they know that you're a safe space, they're going to open up eventually. Right. You know, so so definitely keeping uh, a safe space, keeping an eye on your loved ones. Don't just assume that because, you know, one other thing is going on in their life. If these same symptoms are the symptoms of, of this, let's ask the question. That's what doctors do, right? Be like, yeah. okay, it's probably this, but because of your symptoms, these are also the symptoms of this, this, and this. And what do they do? They run those tests. Right. Sometimes, lo and behold, it's the other thing. Right. You know, so... I would just say, just stay close to your loved ones. Keep keep the lines of communication open. Be a safe space. And if you can't handle it, offer them a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And yeah, I totally agree. So I just, I, just, I don't know. Holy Spirit just told me, reminded me to ask that question because, you know, we do our, especially single mothers, um, Unfortunately, we do our best to, you know, provide for the house. And I can only speak from my scenario. And um, and I know there's people, I've heard people, other people's stories like, hey, my mom left me with this cousin house because she had to go to work and all kind of stuff. And that's probably, you know, what happened in my case. I don't know. I got, you know, I got to talk to my mother after this episode because yeah. um, she doesn't know, um, yeah. to be honest. She might listen like, what the heck is going on? Um, yeah. But even with me transitioning into becoming a wife, right? I have to make sure my daughter is protected. Even with yeah. my daughter's situation now, she's in a house with six boys. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. I about that internet. Yeah. Okay. Whole nother conversation. But I think yeah. it's important that we're teaching our kids from young, you, you know, it's not always the opposite sex. Just by the way, it's not always the opposite sex. I was molested by a female. And, yeah, and so yeah. I experienced that also with another relative, yeah. a female relative. Right. right, and it was like, well, this person I didn't know, like they were like a neighbor or something. So I don't know. But as I got older, yes, it became my cousins, and it became these other kids, and it seemed like they all may have been victimized in the same yeah. token. It's very likely. Um, yeah. Um, but in this case, if if you teach your children too, and I'm not blaming anybody, not my mama. Um, hey, don't let nobody touch your body parts from an early age. When they ask, you know, it, you know, you you can identify it a little bit better. I do remember a cousin years ago. Um she her mother had her like trained. She was like, if you touch her shoulder, yeah. don't touch. Her. Like, yeah, but you know what? That's how we need to be. Yes. So my my sister just pointed out a, a, a great point. Also, 
Um, so in the case, we need to make sure that we're teaching our kids the proper names for their body parts. Exactly. Right. So that they can communicate that effectively. Um, I, I do know of cases early on where certain violators got away with it because the kid didn't call the body part by its proper, by its proper name, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's funny, I remember purposefully teaching my daughter the proper names for her body parts when she was younger. Um, and when she was in daycare, I didn't teach her vagina, I taught her fine china, right? Mm. And it initially was cute because I was like, okay, I can't have my baby in here talking about vagina, <laughs> right? But I, I did, um, and when I first taught her fine china, it was we used to do like the tea parties and stuff like that. It was like, everybody can't touch this. It's special, you know, so on and so forth. But I was like, we're going to call it fine China. I said, but it's a vagina. Okay. And so, and it was because at that age, dang, that was over 20 years ago. I'm 23. Um, It was because of those stories that I heard of the kids not calling it by its proper name. The violators got away with it. So, Yes, another great point. But even that is like the communication. We gotta make sure we're we're communicating very clearly. And like you're saying, make sure our kids know boundaries. Yeah, and this is for our boys too. Believe it or not, our men. That's why I say kids, honey. That's why I say our boys. I've dated a few guys that have been victimized. They were raped by men and women. Excuse me, let me take the back. They're babysitters. Which was our scenario? Which was our scenario, right? That person that I married, that happened to him as well. You know? As a boy. As a boy. As a boy. So some of these guys who have shared their stories with me, some of them have said, you know, oh, um, it was dismissed because it was an older woman. The men are, you know, are saying, oh, you should be lucky that, that an older woman is looking at you or, or whatever. What? No, 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 no. That we know. So a lot of people think, you know, it's like a one-off where you don't know the person. It's people you know. It's it's, it's your blood. Sometimes it's yeah. friends. The guy so, in my twenties, I knew him. It wasn't like it was a stranger on the street, but I was still victimized, right? So yeah. we didn't even get to that story. I forgot to talk about that story. But anyway, we'll see. See for another day. And maybe this is not the episode. Maybe we just gotta say because this is really about your platform and how you got to beauty from ashes foundation um so we'll save that for another day but listen everyone i hope this episode blessed you again this is the new segment for the podcast journey to developer it is called the develop her diaries and we're going to be focusing on healing elevating and restoring our lives at least my life this is about my life really but we're going to bring on people like candace (laughs) Who are doing all of those things? She's healing. She's elevating. She's establishing right herself, and um, you know, restoring her life for her and her daughter, and to help others do the same. So, tune in. Yeah. I don't know when it's there. Sorry, I'm not organized today. But God willing, <laughs> once a week we'll have a new episode, and God willing, we'll have Candace back, and you'll see yeah. us do some. Yeah, I got a couple of friends that I need to get you connected with who need to be on on some episodes you got coming up. Okay, one of them is over here. Hey friend, hey cousin. One of them is right, right over here. So we'll get her on. 
And um, no, this was this it was an honor, Candace. You know, I love you. I love you and too. keep me in prayer. I'm gonna keep you and your family in prayer as well. And um, yeah, we need to end this episode. Okay, y'all, y'all go yes. subscribe to the podcast, Journey to Developer, on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and basically all of the podcast platforms in the world. We're on about thirty of them, and God willing. We'll be on like, um, what's that thing called? I don't know. We'll be like in person soon, God willing. Um, and this will be on TV, God willing. That's the goal. So I have to just make sure I'm executing. And um, you guys have to support as well. So subscribe and share this podcast with everyone that you know. We do have the development and real estate portion of this podcast too, which is Journey to Develop Her, where we teach about real estate development as well and as well as investing so just stay tuned stay locked in all right y'all have be blessed thank you for listening to the journey to develop her podcast with deontay chantel and her special guest listen we want you to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform and give us a five-star review that will be incredible and we also have a visual experience over on youtube just youtube journey to develop her podcast to follow deontay on instagram just hit up deontay chantel that's d-i-o-n-t-e-c-h-a-n-t-e and also on IG at Journey to Develop Her. That's Journey to Develop Her. You can hit all the links in her bio with that. Stay locked in, keep developing, and we'll see you here next time.